if I can make you healthy, then you are then at liberty to express your genius into the world. And I thought, and Michelle did too, what better way to serve the world? These are our gifts. What better way to serve the world than to create an, an event where we can make people healthy and then they can then go on to express their genius in whatever way fits them best. All right, all right. Ooh, another episode of Real Life But Better, the reality hacking podcast. What's up all you reality hackers out there? I am so excited to have you here, specifically because we have the one and the only Mr. Keith Norris with us. Keith is, beyond just being a total epic human being, he's also the founder of the Paleo Effects Conference, which is in Austin, Texas, every year, bringing together some of the best and the greatest in, in health, in wellness, in biohacking, in consciousness expanding, bridging technologies and foods and activities. And it's just one of the best festivals if you care about your health and consciousness and making the world a better place. So we have the co-founder and, uh, and a friend as well, somebody that I really admire. I love hearing him speak. I love going his, to his events. And I'm just really honored to have him here sharing his wisdom with all of us. Samantha, thank you very much for having me on. That was an awesome intro. I think I will just record that and use it over and over again. So. <laughs> Perfect. I got you. I got you, Keith. <laughs> Caught me. All right. <laughs> cool. So you know what we're talking about, reality hacking, creating and shifting new paradigms, ways where we can live in this world with, with human flourishing, where we can really be free and fulfilled and healthy and happy and vital. And I'd love to just dive right into the meat and to hear about your story and some of the ways in which you've been able to hack your reality, some of the most potent tools or techniques or tips that you have for our, for our viewers and our listeners. Right. So I, uh, I guess I started off my young life as a very, very, very competitive athlete. Um, I, I always laugh and say that, you know, knowing Gary Vanderchuk now that I was probably the Gary Vanderchuk of football players back in the day, because I was just always on, there was no rest that, you know, I, I was that guy that had no plan B for my A game. No one was going to outwork me. That whole thing, that whole energy of, I will not de be defeated. Uh, there mm -hmm. is no, uh, losing is not an option. All of those things. Um, that attitude served me very, very well, both in athletics, um, and it served me after my athletic career in the military. It served me, you know, that same mindset, that same energy in the corporate world, and it transitioned into entrepreneurship very naturally, um, because what makes an entrepreneur, for the most part, is that just that no-stop energy. Don't lose, no-stop um, and it served me very well. And it got me from a uh, very, you know, I don't want to say hand to mouth, that sounds uh, third world or something, but I came from a very rough out upbringing. And the only way out of that upbringing was to have that kind of attitude and that drive to get you to get you up. And I honor that energy. I honor that mindset. It got me where I am today but it won't get me where I want to go from here. In mm -hmm. other words, I can, I can keep that tool, you know, that, that set of tools in my tool belt, and I can continue on doing what I'm doing now and probably be very successful, but I don't want to do that. I want to level my life up, 
um, and I know there is another way of being, and I feel pulled by the universe into another existence, into another energy realm, into another way of being. And that's kind of scary for someone who has operated in that energy. And, and, and we, can, we can talk about this in Incan mythology here in a bit, but that's what I just described in Incan mythology is Puma energy, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's hunt, kill. Um, it's never satisfied. It's always hungry. And it's not that I am trying to um, cut that portion out of me. I honor that. Again, it got me where I am today but it just won't get me to where I want to go. So I have to evolve into something else. And that's scary because evolving this into something else means you have to let go of what you're good at. Mm. But I feel called to let go of what I'm good at to expand into something else. And that's kind of the transition I find myself in today. And, and that other energy, by the way, in Incan mythology is called condor energy. Condor energy in Incan mythology, takes a message from the heavens and brings it back to earth effortlessly. Oof. It just rides on the, on the wind currents and it does it quite naturally. Uh, the condor knows that food will be provided once it lands back on earth and it's not caught in this constant hunt, kill, hunt, kill, hunt, kill, never satisfied energy. Um, that's easy to say and I, I get it in a, in a mental capacity i understand it fully um right now in this stage of my life i'm trying to have my body be safe mm. in that energy so so that's in, in a nutshell that's where i find myself today wow i i love that you shared that and thank you because that's that's very real and very raw and where where you're at and where where we speak a bit more in like the spiritual community we call it like the masculine energy or the feminine right like the masculine right. of of permeating and penetrating reality right. and making it happen and you know going out for the kill and doing it and grinding and crushing and then the feminine being like hey, opening and surrendering and receiving and mm -hmm. downloading with effortless ease and the, the mental being the masculine the feminine being the embodiment of that and so it's like really about that that integration of, of both energies or like yes. the, the, the transition and that dance and so in this stage of your, of your life and in that transition, what are some of the, what are some of the tools that you're using to, to bring down these heavens and to bring down that, those codes and to receive and to open yourself up to this new candor energy you said? Condor. Condor. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in a, a recent plant medicine ceremony, for instance, um, I've, I've been going through this shift for maybe a year and a half. When this first came into my to my purview, that the that that old puma energy was not serving me any longer, and I needed to make a shift into something else. Um, I didn't know what that was, and it was very scary. I felt like I was letting go of something, and I had nothing else to cling to. Mm. I, I realized that that the that the old part of me was dying, and that I was evolving into something new, but I didn't know what that something new was, and so that was a very scary place to be. So. What did I do? I doubled down on holding on to very, very tightly what I knew, right? Because that was security. That's security mm -hmm. for me. I know I can survive and succeed with that, that energy. Um, so in a recent plant medicine ceremony, this being um, the particular plant medicine was uh, Wachuma and psilocybin, uh, a mix of the both. Very, very powerful combination. Um, <clears throat> I, I went through a period where I was um how can i say luxuriating in sensuality i was just awash in a sea of sensuality 
Wow. And it, it was blissful. And I was immediately brought out of that blissful state. And what brought me out of that blissful state was, was distrust. Mm. And so for the rest of the ceremony, I was wrestling with what would I distrust about sensuality? Why do I distrust this? So, and why would that immediately bring me, bring me out of this blissful, totally blissed out, beautiful state and what I came to realize was that I, I saw sensuality as a roadblock to all of the things that are Puma energy right Oof. so 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 in Puma energy nothing can derail you from the next kill nothing so you're just 100% focused on the next kill well what is the thing that that could totally derail you is allowing yourself to dissolve into sensuality. I mean, nothing, that is like the most potent thing to take your eyes off the prize, so to speak. And so I had to wrestle with that. Wow, I do not allow myself just to release into the feminine side or any type of sensuality. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual sensuality, although that's a big part of it. It could be any sensuality, mm -hmm. relaxation, um, enjoying a good meal, hanging out with friends, all of these types of things, sexual sensuality for sure. Um, and so that sent me on a whole rabbit trail to discover, can I release into that sensuality and still quote unquote succeed in this world? And that's very for someone who is immersed in Puma energy. And the reason I bring this up is I think, now that I understand this and I look around my entrepreneurial um, cohorts, I see, I see this as rampant. I see mm -hmm. so many entrepreneurs that just burn out. And now I have a good understanding. You cannot maintain that type of energy for long. Something will break down either relationship, your business will, will crater. Most times it's physical cratering because the body just can't sustain that type of continual energy like that without taking time to relax into the sensual side of things. And so this has been a, this has been a juggle for me, right? How, how can I allow my body to relax into that and know that I'm going to be okay? Not only that I'm going to be okay, but I'm going to evolve into another energy and not only be more successful myself, but make those around me more successful because that's my, Really, that's my whole reason for being. That's the whole reason that Michelle and I created Paleo FX. That's why we operate in the realms that we do, that we want the world to succeed. We want to leave the world a better place. And we believe that making people healthy, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, tribally, financially, all of these things, that is our calling in this, this go around in this realm. Um, wow. So how can I be better at that? Well, me being better at that means I have to figure out a way to be comfortable in dissolving into that sensual part of me. And it's scary. It's very, very scary for someone who is a control freak. Otherwise, this is mm. a big step. Oof, you, you, I just love this. And I'm like buzzing because what it, what it stimulated within me, what it made me think of. And I had a, a very similar, if very similar pathway as well for myself it feels like there's a part of here where it's like the 
where it's showing that the masculine, the doing, the, the objective, the goal, the mission, it could be tempted by the feminine, by the slowing down, by the relaxing, by the bliss. Like, so pleasure is actually the enemy of the goal, which is totally, and it feels to me like very patriarchal values. It also sounds like the original sin, right? Right from the Bible. Yep. Man fell because of the temptation of yes. the woman and the snake. Yes. And, and so this, this, this pervasive, like insidious type of, I believe it is kind of like a viral pattern that is, is, is patterned programs into the collective that you can't succeed or that bliss and enjoyment and relaxation and, and, and being embodied is actually a death of the mission. Right. And, and there's this like inner battle. And it's so cool that, that you're really going in and architecting your programming being like, Ooh, is this true for me? And, and, and shedding right. those, those wounds that are, that, like you said, so many, entrepreneurs so many men so many women i feel like the collective in general is is going through an un deprogramming right these exact things and you're you're totally right so when i so when i go into these spaces in the the plant medicine spaces i'm able to pick apart these various aspects and one of the first aspects i i went down to pick apart was where where did i get this story right how did i pick up this story because i you know i i really didn't come from a religious family at all um, it, you know, my background was Christian. That's just who I grew up around. But somehow that story was so deeply ingrained in my psyche that just like what you said, giving into temptation, right? You give into, into temptation, you are going to fail. You are going to misstep. You are not going to succeed. All of these things. Um, and then you, you take a kid who was just very, I, I, I guess, driven at that point. And, you know, well-meaning coaches, well-meaning people in my life just threw gasoline on that, right? Mm, yeah. here's, a, here's a kid from this community who has a chance to succeed and go on. So what are we going to do for these, this kid? We're going to throw gasoline on that and just rev it up to the, to the nth degree, which is w what I went through. And again, I'm not, you know, looking back and, you know, woe is me. But as I deconstruct this story, I see where that came from. Right, it's a, the whole Protestant work ethic. You you get paid according to how much backbreaking labor you do, and that was yeah. the culture that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, and if you if you succeeded outside of that, the implication was that you cheated somebody. Right. So if so, in other words, if if you gained um, financial wherewithal without breaking your back the only way you could do that was by cheating somebody or underhanded means or something like that. and so that story was just so deeply ingrained in my psyche and i see that in the plant medicine space and i can go in and go huh isn't that interesting okay i see that now can i rewrite that story mm. now can i can I go back and somehow erase that? And I don't want to erase that out of me. That, that, that's in me. And again, I honor it. It got me to where I am today. Yeah. But I just need to change tools. Yeah. Right? And I, I've gone through this exercise of, you know, somewhere out there, there is, a, it, there is an entity that needs this energy right now. Yeah. Somewhere out there, there is a kid who is trying to struggle to get out from his upbringing and he needs this energy. Can I release that somehow into the universe and be okay with that, knowing that the universe has my back on the other side? And that's mm. tough. I, I can say that to you verbally right now. I believe it mentally, 
but I'm trying to get to the point to where my body believes it. And I know the difference between a knowing in my mind and a knowing in my gut. Mm. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to the knowing in my gut to where mm. I have no questions whatsoever that the universe has my back. I can release this energy and I'm going to be perfectly fine. No, no, not just perfectly fine, but better than I was before. And in doing so, make the world better than it was before for my doing that. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the transition that I'm, that I'm in right now. It's, you know, it's not easy, um, but I never take on things that are easy. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I embrace the challenge and um, it's been a hell of a ride the last few years going through this and it's mm -hmm. uh, scary. It's all of those things mm. because it is so alien to me right now. Wow. Yeah. I, I really resonate so much with that. I moved out when I was 15. I lived in a really crazy household and I moved out when I was 15. I worked full time through high school and I played competitive rugby. And all I knew was I needed to work 60 hours a week to provide for myself and to get ahead and nobody was going to do it. You know, I had the program, you want something done, you do it yourself. Nobody's going to take right. care of you, but you, that was ingrained into me and being a sissy doesn't get you anywhere. Right. Being a girl doesn't get you anywhere. So if you, sorry, you, you got stuck being a girl, so you better be the best, strongest, fastest, smartest, toughest girl there is. And right. that's what I grew up in. And it was masculine, masculine, masculine. And so the idea of being supported or the idea of being provided for, or that things are going to be taken care of. I was like, that's, that wasn't in my, that wasn't right. in my lexicon or my understanding right. of myself. And now it, with this feminine awakening through also plant medicines and through recognizing that the universe, I believe, is a simulation where it's constantly mm -hmm. reflecting back to us that in which we believe of ourselves. It's like, oh, okay, what does it mean to feel safe in my body? Not just to right. think, okay, I've always been safe. I'll be safe. I'm good. I know how to get myself out of things, but to cultivate the feeling of safety in my body and to be in that practice. Right. And it's so different. This is something that we've never been taught, right? Nobody, right. people weren't talking about this. Right. <laughs> so it's completely shifting the way in which we exist from here, which was, which was safe and in control to here, which is so unknown. And, and yet where, where the, where the real magic is, because that's where we're truly embodied right. in existence in this, on the, in this realm. And it is scary. You, uh, you know, that giving up that piece of yourself or uh, it, it's kind of like being on monkey bars, right? It's you naturally, when you grasp one bar, you have to let go of the back hand to then grasp the bar that's in front. But that's, that's an act of faith, right? I have faith that I can let go of this hand behind me and I will grab another bar in front. <laughs> and so I feel like right now I'm like, mid monkey bar like let go of the left hand that's behind me because <laughs> let go let go let go and that's kind of the limbo that i'm in right now mm. um, and i again and you, you know this that i know mentally yes the universe has my back i get that i believe it i believe it i believe it i believe it and yet my body yet does not believe it mm. and it's I, I i don't know what it will take I don't know what, how much more work that I need to do. I don't know. How, and it's probably not work in, in my case. It's probably more release, right? Because there comes that word again, work. Got to work for it. Got to work for it. Got to work for it. In this case, no. In this case, you have to relax, release, and dissolve into, mm. which is totally 
out of my lexicon <laughs> to, to right? And so it's a total shift in the way I view the world. Mm. Um, it, it, it's a total shift in everything that I am. It is so counter to that Puma energy where mm. just like you, there is nobody I can rely on but myself. If I'm going to survive, I have to have the next kill. And it just goes on and on and on. And it's insatiable. Mm -hmm. I know for my entrepreneurial endeavor, well, for every endeavor, with that energy, there was never satisfaction past an immediate satisfaction of what you would call the kill. Right. Because it's fight or flight, right? We constant fight, fight or, flight. or flight. So then the kill happens and it's okay, I can relax. But then I'm hungry again in a few Bam. hours. Yes. I, yeah, I really, I, I really, really understand that. And it, I'm wondering, because I'm seeing some similarities here, how is your relationship to failure? It is negative, for sure. I think um, in the past, failure was never an option, right? It was just, in my mind, it was win or nothing. Mm. And yeah. when, when I did encounter failure, it was completely devastating. And it was such an empty, hollow, gross feeling that I, um, that I, number one, allowed like zero time for empathy, sympathy, or anything else. It was an immediate back in the saddle and go, go for an, another win. Um, yeah, so... It, even even the idea, even mentioning failure or loss was just not in my lexicon. And, you know, I, I look back on that now and I see how destructive that is mm -hmm. to, a, to your entity, to your central nervous system, to your body, mm -hmm. to all of that. It, it's so highly destructive. Um, and yet it was there. And yet I was able to harness that energy and I did a lot with that energy. Um, from where I came from to where I am today, it was, you know, again, I have to, I have to give it credit. I have to honor it and I don't have to keep doing that. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to evolve and I feel pulled to evolve mm -hmm. and it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> All at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah I, I totally resonate with that. My my biggest fear was failing. Like, well, what if I right. let go of that one monkey bar? And what if I fail and everybody sees and I'm publicly ridiculed right. or I put my thing out there and nobody wants it. And then I realized that my identity was wrapped in this thing. And then that means that I don't even deserve to be on this planet. And then I'll just die. Right. The right. ego, the ego is trying to protect us from death. And it feels like if you let go, you may die. And so that that failure, that death, like all of what that's wrapped up in our self-worth and our identity it's like, it's so insidious and tight and tense and constricting. And, and it's just like our ego loving us and wanting to keep right. us safe. And yet it, it's like, we're being called for more. We're being called to trust and to surrender. Cause it's like, there's so much wanting to be poured through us. And yet there's like this tension, like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not willing. And so it's about like being in that practice of saying, well, well, okay, I may fail. I may fail. And you know, I just heard the saying, which I've heard many times, but it, it hit me really hard this time. Fail fast and fail often. Right. And I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't like that one. But, you know, most successful people, they <laughs> fail fast and they fail often. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what if I allowed myself to potentially put myself in a situation where I may fail? And what if I 
disidentified with that. And what if it didn't mean anything apart from, oh, I learned a lesson. And that's right. what I'm really playing with right now in, in micro micro movements of putting different things out there, testing or expanding or, or releasing a little bit more um, to, to kind of like train my ego to feel more safe. But it's like these little incremental mini uh, obstacles I'm giving myself. Right. And I remember the first time I heard that phrase, fail, fail fast and fail often in, the, in entrepreneurial speak. And I, re I remember thinking, yeah, I get that, but I don't fail. <laughs> that's, for, that's for other entrepreneurs who actually fail now and again. I don't fail. If I take something on, it's a win. And this is two years ago, Keith speaking. So if we would have had this interview two years ago, it would have, it would have gone completely different. Um, <laughs> And, and I feel very, very comfortable saying that. I mean, that's, you know, I talked to people that I knew back in my athletic days and they were like, you are not even the same person. <laughs> I don't even know who you are these days. Um, I, I'm not even the same person. And I, I guess that's a good thing. I have evolved and I, for instance, and I'll give you a real quick story, an athletic story kind of, yeah, kind please. of paints this picture. So Michelle and I were at a mastermind um, about a year and a half ago, and I happened to run into a, a guy who I played in a national championship football game against back in the day. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of chatting. And uh, afterwards, Michelle said, why don't you ever talk about it? She's like, you played in the national, you won a national championship in football. You never, you you got like no ring, no pictures, no anything to document this. And I was like, that was then. And I'm a different person now. And I, you know, yeah, okay, cool, cool memory. That's how insidious this, this is. Mm. It's like that, that's, that's a big deal in that sport. And I remember we flew back from that game. And the very next day we were in the gym and the coaching staff, it was like nothing never happened. They were like, yeah, that national championship, that was yesterday. Today, wow. today we are zero and zero. They scrubbed <laughs> all mention of it, which in an athletic realm, yes, you have to do that. But that's just how pervasive this energy is. Mm -hmm. um, now, I still you know, wouldn't go about, you know, with, with pictures of myself on the wall or wearing a national championship ring or all of that. That's just not me. But then I, I reflected on that. I was like, wow, even back then, there was not even a day off. There was a travel day. That was the only day we had off was traveling back from the, from the game. And then it was like business as usual. And I totally bought into that and totally was like, well, yeah, that's the way it goes. That was, that was yesterday. You know, good on us. Yahoo. Um, yeah, I remember that too. I played competitive rugby for 10 years and basketball, volleyball as well. And it was like, okay, we got, we won the championship. And then that very next day, new season. Right. And, and it was, and it just shows you, okay. Oh my, you're, you're always, it's, it's never enough, right? That right. scarcity pattern that, well, you're going to lose next year unless you grind yes. right from that moment. And, and we program that in. Right. And right. so, and it's the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And so that shows right. up in every aspect of this, not enough, this fear, this fight or flight. And, and you know, it's, yes, it builds, it does. You will get results. You will build great businesses. 
And what I see from the clients that I work with who are CEO men, most of, most of the people that have this energy is they're panicking. Their bodies start to shut down. Their relationships right. are failing. Their business, right. they're, it's always about to collapse. And, and so when people are listening to this, they might say, well, why not just continue down that path? Like, you know, at least I'm building things. At least I'm making money. At least I'm winning. Right. So if, if, if for you as a, as a male role, role model for other men, you know, why, why not just continue, con continue down that same path? Yeah, and you you totally could. I could, too. And I think I I think personally, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, I think personally, and and this is me saying the universe has my back. The universe reached out to me and said, "You're fixing to hit a wall, either physically, within your relationship, your business. Something's getting ready to break. You can't maintain this." this energy and going like this. Um, so I think for me personally, it was a wake up call. And mm -hmm. I would also like to think that, and I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I, I, I know and many people in the, in the business entrepreneur realms look up to me and maybe the universe was like, if you can do this shit, you can be a role model for others to do the same. Wow. And that's really how I kind of, kind of view this. So if someone with like Puma energy on steroids can make this shift, maybe I can be a role model for other entrepreneurs to do the same before they crash and burn. Because I really believe that what I will create in the future will totally eclipse what I've created in the past. I don't know what that is. I don't know what entity that is. I don't know what business that is. I don't even know if it is a business yet. I don't know. But I just have this feeling in my soul that there is something exponentially great for me to do in the future if I take on this challenge and if I can turn this corner and make this shift within myself. I feel emotional right now. I have a little <laughs> bit of tears. But I, oh man, I... I feel so grateful for you. And one of my gifts, I kind of see timelines. Uh, it's just this weird thing that I can like flash into the future and see timelines in some kind of ways. But but what I what I really love is I'm surrounded by men. I played professional sports. I coach and work with entrepreneurs. I have partners, best friends, and three brothers. And my grandpa's my best friend. And like my dad is one of the reasons why I got into the coaching business. And what I've seen over and over and over again are the men that I love the most break down mentally, physically, emotionally, entrepreneurially, where there's so much pressure and there's so much stress and there's so many old programs like beat into their identities that, that they're not thriving. They're, they're not happy. They're not healthy. Right. They're not doing well. And yes, they might be making an impact. Yes, they might be making money and supporting other people but there's so much pain. There's so much pain. And I, you know, I, I see it with my partner where he, he's very similar and just like this Gary V mentality and has the, uh, is doing amazing things. And yet like it's, it, there's, there's taking a toll. I see it in one of my really good friends who is ex-military and now just beats himself every single day and like needing to be the best, needing to be the strongest, needing to push so hard that he literally ended up in the hospital for like a month 
Right. And, and I see this everywhere. And, and, and what happens when men are not thriving? Well, relationships aren't going to thrive. Right. And so women can't thrive. And so right. children can't thrive. And so the planet can't thrive. And this energy right here, I believe, is the root cause of the majority of suffering personally and interpersonally on the planet. I totally believe that, too. And this, you know, this energy serves a purpose. Um, to go back to the Incan mythology, there's, there's three different energies. There's, and, and not that there's a hierarchy. They're, they're just different energies. Um, the first energy is snake energy. That would be someone who is waking up to the idea that there is more than um, what, what culture is pounding into your head. Um, so there's a realization there, there's a, you know, you stick your head up and go, Hey, I think, you know, um, I'm kind of being lied to here. You know what I learned in school, what the government is telling me, what, what popular culture is telling me. I don't believe that shit anymore. I think there's something, there's something else. So that is snake energy is like the, the waking up. Um, then it transitions into Puma energy. That is the, I'll make my own way. I will. I, I will, uh, will do for myself. I will create for myself. And that works well until it doesn't work. <laughs> and it, then it's got to transition into something else. That something else is condor energy. The belief that you have a message to give to the world. And just by your being, mm -hmm. you will be able to deliver that message. You don't have to drive. You don't have to the next kill, the next kill, the next kill. Just your being is enough. And in your being, you will be able to deliver whatever that message is. You will be able to bring that from the heavens back down to the earth because you will be provided for it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go on the hunt and kill. But mm. that's a big transition from Puma to Condor to dissolve into, because like you said, this is going from hyper-masculinity to let me dissolve into the great feminine or the great sensuality and I will be taken care of. The universe has my back, all of these concepts. And I don't have to drive, all I have to do is be. Mm. And that is that's very, very, that's a difficult transition to make. Just as difficult as it is to wake up and challenge the status quo. That's, that's difficult in its own right. Um, I, don't, I don't remember necessarily that transition um, for some people that comes later in life, and I would assume that it's more difficult late, uh, the more later in life that it, that it comes because you've had a chance to really ingrain those old patterns. Um, but I'm assuming it was difficult when I first woke up and said, hey, I, you know, this is bullshit. I think I need to go out and do my own thing. Um, yeah. But that's a difficult transition too. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of those time under tension things where the more time you spend with an energy and that story that you repeatedly tell yourself, the deeper that groove is, is dug and the harder it is to erase that groove and to move on and to move, move on beyond. Um, and, a, and another, again, and, and I think plant medicines and psychedelics ease this transition because they give you the opportunity to step back and objectively view this situation. Yeah. Right. And it's, and not that it has to be done through plant medicines or psychedelics, but it just opens the portal for you to do it more easily. Um, you could do it through meditation. You could do it, you know, with, 
holistic breathing and all of these other modalities, um, that that was just the modality that worked best for me and most immediate is I was able to step back and objectively look at this situation and begin to unravel the uh, unravel that very, very tight weave of how did I come to believe this story because I need to get to the root of it and see where this story came from to then backtrack and begin to fill in that groove. Mm. Um, so, so in that respect, that's really pushed this process into hyperdrive for me. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that that has come into my life and I have access to it and great practitioners and, and all of that. Um, I had a point to this whole story. Well, I, no, I, have to, no I, I, I agree that, that, that working with plant medicines has been one of the greatest things for me to move through those energies as well, as you were saying right. that like that ascension path, I realized, you know, looking at Puma versus Condor energy, I, I related to leadership in a way. And there's like, uh, inspiring or empowering leadership where you're going out and you're rallying the troops and inspiring people. But it's like a lot of work, a lot of energy. And then there's embodied leadership where it's like, I am leading and teaching from who I am as a human right. being. And what, for me, working with plant medicine, specifically DMT at first, I was the, I sat with, um, five MEAO and like toad medicine before I, I did ayahuasca. And that opened me up so much to see all of, all of programs and how I was programmed and how I, the, the masculine, the right side of my body was open and flowing. The energy was flowing. The whole left side of my body was just constricted with mm -hmm. all of these programs mm -hmm. and misogyny programs and patriarchal right. programs. And then sitting with ayahuasca, I got to really see just this the, the simulation box and the mirroring and and where all of my programming was and how I had a ton of what I call viruses and how right. I also am the medicine. And I was the one that got to architect myself or hack my reality or be the alchemist of my own life. And it was really powerful to start to understand, okay, there are these energies that are at play. There's, there are infinite programs and a lot of them have been so hardwired into my being and now it's about the process of like scanning through and control alt deleting, programming in new things. And and I feel like it's this this really delicate oscillation and, and balance between the doing and the being. Right. And the architecting and the receiving and being able to go to go into either energy and to use both energies to create that harmony and the unity and the wholeness and to really live and operate from that place as best as possible and to be in that practice. Right. I, uh, again, it sounds like I'm in ceremony every, every weekend, but pretty much I am, I guess. But, um, in, in another recent ceremony, I had the experience of being led by sensuality, the great feminine, every, how we want to embody that energy. And it was almost as if she was holding my hand saying, you can trust me. Um, I've got your back. I need you to just relax and dissolve into me. Yeah, it was super, super powerful. And, and I remember being in that space thinking or this was mostly conveyed through, it's very, very hard to describe. It's mostly conveyed through feeling. So communication through feeling. Um, and it was so difficult to trust. Mm. So this was a big thing. Can I 
trust that energy. Because mm, what that stimulates for me is that there's so much of, of sensuality and sexuality that is utilized to control and to dominate, right. to manipulate. Right. And, and I have been guilty of that for sure. As a woman, I've always, I'd almost been taught that, that if I want to be safe and if I want to attract a relationship, well, the, the easiest way is to lead in with sex. Right. And it's to lead in with like the softness and the loving. And then as soon as they're there, it's like, oh, right. now I'm going to just squash you and emasculate you. <laughs> yes. and, uh, yeah. and I've definitely lived, lived that and experienced that in myself and got to see that and, how, and, have, and grieve that process and, and have compassion for that process. And it, I can so understand why it's like, oh, can I, can I really trust this? Or right. is it as soon as I soften, the universe is going to be like, ha ha, gotcha. Yes. Like yes. you're done, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, and that's, that's the, that's the give and take. Right. And that's the, and, and I'm guessing that in upcoming ceremonies, there's just going to be more and more and more of that. Right. Trust the great feminine saying, trust me, I've got your back. Dissolve into me, you know, whatever, this is not a trap. It's not, you know, this isn't mm. a sleight of hand. This isn't, this isn't what you this isn't what you have believed in the past because this is what you believed in the past. Mm -hmm. Yes. If I soften into that, I just stepped into a trap, right? All of those stories, all yeah. of that, all of that conditioning, all of that. I mean, it's just, it's hard to scrub. Right. And it's, it's so deeply ingrained. Wow. Yeah. And, it, and on the other side, I had this, view if you want to call it that of what it would be like to release into the feminine of the the beauty on the other side just the exponential exponential beauty on the other side of that not just for me personally but for those around me the world the the greater world and it was still i wasn't able to fully let go mm. right i was still clinging to the side of the pool so to speak Right. It was almost like um, my mom or something when I'm three years old in the swimming pool saying, just like go to the edge of the pool. I got you. You know, I got you, honey. Just, you know, I'm right here. Just swim to me and being scared to do so. Right. Because I know what I got at the edge of the pool. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but mm -hmm. if I release, I'm totally at your mercy. I'm in water. I can't swim. Feminine is right there. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, was was there ever a time where you were invited and you trusted and then something something happened that was that was not safe or that was dangerous or that was painful or traumatic? I don't uh and, and I'm I've been trying to dig into that. Nothing has come to mind in, in, in the same ceremony before I got so deep to where I couldn't uh, maneuver things on my own, so to speak. Um I thought, let me think back to the last time the last time that I fully released into just sensuality. And uh, I had this, this memory of being 15 years old and being with my girlfriend at the river and just feeling how that felt, just hanging out with her. I mean, I could, it, it was so vivid. I could smell her perfume. I could, I mean, see like the really, really small, fine hairs on her neck. I mean, it was so freaking vivid. 
And I remember that feeling of just being totally in bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, and being saddened by the fact that that was the last time I felt that. Mm-hmm. Because any other time it was, I kept it at arm's length. Right. And I've had great relationships in my life since then. And I think how much better those relationships could have been had I released into that. Mm. And then the realization of what more could I have done in the world had I released into this energy sooner and evolved into the condor energy sooner. Mm. Right. So there's no telling what I could have done. And, you know, and, in one respect, you might say, well, things happen in their own time. You weren't ready for it then. And I, I believe that. I, w- I wasn't ready for it then. Whatever the next stage is, I don't believe I was ready for it. I believe I am ready for it now if I can only give in to it. Mm. And so this is like the big step for me. And this is my life's work right now is to mm. step into that. And it mm. is, and I hate using the term work, but that's just an automatic term <laughs> yeah. that comes up. Um if I can just Purpose. release into that, yeah, just yeah. release into it. It seems like such a strange thing for me to progress by releasing. The more you release, the more you progress. It's it's just totally flipping flip. the script. Yeah, and flipping the script. Yes. What, what I what I hear, and and sometimes I feel this way too, is like there might I heard there might be a little bit of of. Um, a regret or, or a, a guilt around, well, I, what if it could have been earlier? Like what right. that, what if, and, and, and so I really have so much compassion for that when that comes up and I really meet those energies with compassion. And then now it's like, well, had you had this experience when you were in your twenties, you would have never known what it was to go through your twenties, to go through your thirties and to be where you are now to resonate with all of the men who are from like my generation and, and my, my dad's generation right? Or my grandpa's generation. And because all of the boys that are growing up now had fathers that that right. were in that generation. And so it's, I really believe that everything happens exactly as it does and that we go through what we go through to grow through it, to be able to, to really empathize and understand. And so, I, yeah, I, I really, I really hear that. And I love that you're here now and, and you're at that place, that pinnacle of, okay, well, what does it look like to continue to surrender and to trust? Right. And, and yeah, the fact that it's not easy, it's just, it's just such a, it's such a part of how, how deep this programming is. And it I, is. Yeah. And, and, and I know you see this, Samantha, with, with many, mostly male entrepreneurs. I mean, it happens with females too, because the energy is, is not discriminant. I mean, it, ha- it happens to both males and females. It just happens to be a primarily a male hyper-driven competitive thing but I, I mean the old story of the entrepreneur who has banked millions I mean you you can't what can you do with all that money and yet they are so unhappy just unhappy at the soul level and I feel so bad for them mm. right and I you know, talk to people about this and they're like, why are you feeling bad for them? They got more money than they know what to do with, you know, it, but, but that's the whole issue, right? They, they're continually dissatisfied. And I, I guess because I get it. Yeah. I know why they're dissatisfied. I can't yet verbalize to them why that is. I'm getting, I think I'm getting the pieces together to where I can, 
get much better at it. But that's the whole thing. I mean, they are so dissatisfied and money doesn't matter. Because they've been sold a lie. In my perspective, yeah, yeah. They, they've been pr programmed as soldiers to accomplish this thing and to win the war and to get the money and to have all the things. And so that's been the goal, the target. And then they've just like suffered throughout the whole process. And then when they finally get there, they finally get to paradise. They realize that all of the oceans and all of the lakes and all the water has dried up and there's nothing right. there for them. And then it's like this, oh my God, I spent 40 or 50 years of my life seeking the promised land. And what I realized was that this is not the promised land. And, and then it's like, oh my gosh, where did all the time go? And then that's where that midlife crisis, right. it doesn't happen because of an age. It happens because they have everything they thought that they wanted, but then they realize I've been sold a lie. And then their identity is just crumbles and they're like, well, what now? And that's often when people get really sick, they get hit by a car, they lose everything. I believe that that's the soul forcing them into an awakening to find right. the true joy and bliss. And what I know when I, from working with this or seeing this over and over and studying this, it's family, it's love, it's bliss, it's cuddling, it's walking your dog, it's making an impact in your community. It, it's, it's, I believe it comes down to love and connection. Right. And, and they could have had that the whole time, but that was never in, in their understanding of what really mattered. Right. And that, that right. is sad. It is it, sad. It's, it's very sad. And I, I want to reach out to these people and tell them that it is, it's doable. I mean, you, you can have that. You can be very, very successful and not put yourself through that anguish. Mm. And I, and I've had people ask me before, like, paint me a picture of what a condor energy person might look like entrepreneur versus a you know someone in the puma energy what does that look like and i thought about that for a while and i thought you know if i look at like the difference between martin luther king and malcolm x right this is just a, a quick example that came to my mind both were very very effective at what they did right they they spread the message of equal rights but I would say that Malcolm X was very Puma energy, right? It was very masculine, in your face, um, violent, um, all of those things that are very Puma energy. And again, I'm not knocking that. There is a place for that. And he, that, was, that was his evolutionary position to do so. But then you contrast that with someone like Martin Luther King, who just was. Right, he was just him being him, and he spread a, a he spread a world changing message by being just him. Yeah. Um, so I think, in real world terms, if I were to put this, if I were to show somebody an example of what this would look like, it would be it, it would be those two, compare mm -hmm. and contrast those two. Another example I have, someone, one of my mentors and a friend as well, his name is Preston Smiles. You may be familiar. I Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos, they're husband and wife, and they have something called the Bridge Method, the Bridge Extreme. They do uh, coaching and all sorts of really fun stuff. They're life coaches, and they are truly the embodiment of this energy where they have a business that is crushing it, and they have children. They like travel the world together. They like, they have a, they've built a life that is impactful and beautiful and, and also very surrendered. And they, their work is their beingness and their message. 
And it's really, they embody that balance. And I see it, like, it's so clear that it's possible. And yet it is really, really shifting that. Because when you see that, you know, like, what, what's the difference between making $40,000 a year to $100,000 a year to $10 million a year? It's just how much money is flowing through you, what you can right. do with that. But right. that doesn't equate, that doesn't equate joy or bliss. And, and you hear it all the time. It's something that we've, we've heard since we we're a little kid that money can't buy you happiness. It can get right. you to do a lot of things, but that feeling of contentment and joy and, and, and feeling like purposeful and, and loving and connected that comes from within and, and it's cultivated in a completely different way than what we've been sold. Right. And I've been doing a lot of work on this too. Trying to, um, do you know, Ta and Cole Whitty? I'm not sure if you know them here in Austin. No, um, I don't. You, you should have them on your podcast for sure. Okay. Um, but they, they are the practitioners who I worked with when, when all of this started to come out of me or through me. Um, and in integration, they asked me, what would your life look like? What, what would your life look like if you fully embraced condor energy, right? And you weren't hunting and killing, hunting and killing, creating a new business, creating a new entity. What would it, what would it look like if, if you just could just say, here I am in the world, what do I want to do? And I came to the idea that, and if money weren't an issue, that was just energy that would just flow through me and it, it would happen to support my want in the universe. And I came to the idea that um, I would want to travel the world with my tribe, with my family of choice, to travel the world and both teach and learn from that family of choice. To me, that is that would be bliss. Mm. And they and they said, "Well, relax into that and let it happen." And again, you just have to relax into it and let it happen. Let the universe create that for you. Mm. And so I have been leaning into that and leaning into that more and more and more. And they've been able to walk me through this more and more and more to believe that it could happen and that it will happen. I don't know what that looks like practically. And that it is happening. That it and is that it happening. is happening. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like practically exactly right now but it feels like it's gelling and getting closer and closer the more that I release into the into the feminine bliss mm. and so there's kind of the dichotomy in my life I don't really know what this looks like but I know the only way that it will ever manifest is, is if I fulfill on my part of the deal to release mm. Uh, I love this. I can see it for you. I, I definitely, I feel like this conversation, this work, rewriting these programs and showing what's possible as you're going through it and evolving yourself for all of the people who are really struggling and suffering. I feel like that I know that the world needs more male role models who are embodied and who are living, who have hacked their own reality and who are living in this, in this different way because men want it. Like there, there's this crate that the little boy within just wants to feel this way. And so I really, I'm excited. I'm, I'm cheering you on as you continue to soften and surrender into this path. 
uh, because I, I mean, who better? Who better than you? <laughs> who who yep. better than you to do this? So for now, as this is still unfolding and evolving, let's talk about paleo effects a little bit. Sure. Why did you create that? What would people? What do people get out of it? Um, why is it important for the world? Right. So essentially, Michelle and I created paleo effects to to be an event that we would want to go to as attendees. So, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Michelle and I were, were going to event after event after event in the health and wellness space, um, you know, doing masterminds, doing all the things. And we had different businesses at those times. Michelle ran a catering company and I had gyms in Austin, Texas and we're uh, positioning ourselves to go nationwide with the gyms. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we would go to these events and have a really good time, but there was always in our minds something lacking. And that something lacking was the ability for the event to put out information in such a way that it was applicable to the attendees. In other words, we would go to academic events, and, you know, the talks were super high level, very, very theory, but no action items to go along with them. Um, or we would go to something like the LA Fitness Expo, and that was just a, you know, kind of a, uh, a free-for-all, and there wasn't a whole lot there for us there because there wasn't enough theory. And we thought, well, what would an event look like for us? What would we really want to go to? And we came to the idea that we wanted something that looked like, uh, I, I don't know, like a, like a information packed, uh, event crossed with burning man, something. I mean, we had this and we had this vision that we couldn't really articulate to anybody. And, uh, and we just created it. And what we created was an event that was a, a drawing place for like-minded people in the health and wellness space who believe that they could be the captains of their own health and wellness. And in doing so, they could then unleash their genius upon the world. Mm -hmm. So Samantha, I, I don't, I, I don't know. The one thing that I do know in this world is I know how to make people healthy. That's the one practical thing I can bring to this world right now. Now, if I, 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 I am not a genius in your realm. If I can make you healthy, then you are then at liberty to express your genius into the world. And I thought, and Michelle did too, what better way to serve the world? These are our gifts. What better way to serve the world than to create an, an event where we can make people healthy and then they can then go on to express their genius in whatever way fits them best. Mm. And that's what we did. And mm. that is what Paleo FX is. And it is, I, you know, I, I still go to a lot of events and yes, I'm biased, but the feeling at Paleo FX, the vibe at Paleo FX is unlike any other event I've ever been to. And we have really, really put our heart and souls into this to make it feel that way for every attendee, every vendor, every sponsor, every speaker, everyone there. Hmm. Well, a little secret is that, you know, even in Canada, even on the, on, in California, on the West Coast, we all say that it's our favorite event too. So yeah. I've been going to Paleo FX for four years now, sometimes uh, to support with the media, sometimes as a guest, sometimes as a, a vendor with a booth. And it's my favorite event. 
it's something where it's a community. Like I know that everyone from California is going to be there. My BC friends are going to be there. Austin fam is going to be there. Some Montrealers show up, you right. know, and, and, and we all get together. It's like, okay, I'll see you next year at Paleo Effects. And, and it's, it's, yeah, you get to con connect with other humans that just get it, that they value the same things and that who are doing amazing things in the world. And we get to support one another and learn from each other and grow together. And uh, it's, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. So I'll be there again this year. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I'll be there again. And you know, the whole crew, Rochelle, Bledsoe, Mike, Mark, all everyone, we're all gonna be there this year. So tell us again, where where is it? When is it? And how can people uh, find out more? Yeah, so uh, the website, www.paleofx.com. You can just hop right over there. And, um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you quickly, Samantha, one of the best, compliments that I received last year about Paleo FX was I had an attendee come up to me who it was their first time at Paleo FX and they told me I have never seen so many hugs at an exposition at at a at a show like this she's like does everybody know everybody here and I'm like and we had 8,000 people last year and I was wow. like well in a way yeah I mean they're all family they're all tribe members I mean they all believe they all love it's just the vibe of this community makes it that way mm -hmm. um, and it's true I've never been to an event where you just see hug after hug after hug after high five after I mean it's just rampant there <laughs> and I love it I love that we have created a platform that allows people to do that yeah, absolutely. And another thing that, that one of my favorite things is getting to try all of the new technologies. Like right. I was in the sauna, I was getting the infrared lighting, right. and the lighting to the, you know, to my pineal gland and I was all of it. And then all of the foods and oh my gosh, I think I tried a billion of the best chocolates I've ever tried. Paleo right. chocolates and keto chocolates and I'm a chocolate fiend. So yeah, definitely for all of you listening, uh, if you can make it this year, amazing. If you can't make it next year, connect. Right. Definitely, you, you definitely want to be a part. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you and connect with you, where are you on social media? So on social media, on Instagram, I am theory number two, practice. Um, and that's probably the, the best place to get up with me social media wise. I am semi-active on Facebook, but that's mostly in groups. I've kind of confined myself to a few different groups because Facebook is just unwieldy now. But, um, but yeah, the social media, either uh, Theory to Practice, which is my personal, or um, the Paleo FX Instagram. Okay, well. perfect. All right. Is there anything else that you feel the world needs to know right now? Anything, I would also, anything on my heart, I would just say, come to Paleo Effects, be a part of the crew and come up and give me a big hug mm -hmm. while you're there. Um, and just come and feel the vibe. Once you, once you experience it, you will be hooked for life. And I, I really feel like we travel these realms in packs. And I know that I have done life with this tribe before. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Hmm. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Keith. I'm going to link all of the information in the show notes, show notes for everyone. Another thing that I'll say is I know, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast, you're all entrepreneurs or getting into your coaching business. And one of the most impactful events that I went to was the pregame was right. the health entrepreneur event. Are you still running that this year? We are. Yes. Um, Ooh, awesome. I didn't know if that was uh, appropriate to mention at this point, but yes, we do host a mastermind for entrepreneurs and that's the, uh, this year it'll be the 20 third which would be the thursday um this event is a mastermind for entrepreneurs who are most of them are successful yes but they're trying to turn the corner right so there's, there's some aspect of their business that's missing maybe they don't have an affiliate game worked out yet maybe they don't have their marketing side figured out yet there's some piece that's limiting them um, and so what we do is we bring together people who have those pieces as speakers and um we have a a mastermind situation where you get to q a these people and we just have deep discussions on how to better each other's businesses and it is a fantastic networking opportunity as well as is paleo effects in general but uh health entrepreneur fx just kind of amplifies that for the business minded perfect awesome thank you so much i'm glad you're offering that again i'll definitely link that and to close this out, I just want to really recognize you and acknowledge you for who you are as a human being and where you are in your journey and just how amazing you're really doing. So I really just appreciate you and love you to pieces. Thank you, Samantha. I love you too. And that's so well received. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, Reality Hackers, thank you again for being a part of this conversation. We love you and we're looking forward to seeing you soon. Mwah!